Hello, beautiful human. I love the conversation I'm bringing to you today with Nick Bro. I was introduced to Nick through my friend Kat, who I met at my life coach training now over four years ago. And she's a dear soul sister of mine. And she said she was part of something called the collective and that I should join. And I joined. And I've been a member of the Power Manifesting Collective for a long time. I think over nine months now. Um, and it's been such a wonderful experience. And that's how I know Nick. And I love the way he teaches Law of Attraction. It is so practical, so easy to understand, and it literally is like a step-by-step process. If you do these steps, you can't get it wrong. And my own introduction to the law of attraction happened when I was 15 years old. I was watching Oprah, and I loved watching Oprah, the Oprah Winfrey show, and she had this woman on who was talking about this book that she had written called The Secret. And it was like activated within me. And I had this like pool and this calling to go find out more. So I went and bought the book, read the book. I watched the documentary years later, but it really planted the seeds of this law of creation, this law What I like to call it is the law of receiving. When you allow yourself to receive the things that you want, you're not necessarily creating them because everything already exists in the non-physical sense. What you're doing is you're allowing yourself to bring it from the non-physical to the physical through this receiving process, which is literally just allowing the things that you desire to come to you. And we're going to talk about why that isn't as easy as it sounds in this episode with Nick. And I have used this law, the techniques of receivership, this creation process for a long time. And it is the only way that I now live my life because I have this deep understanding that everything in the universe is energy and we have this ability, this power to affect and mold matter. If matter can affect the mind, and this happens all day long to us, you know, we're having a good day because things are going good. If we're having a bad day because things are going bad, that is you letting matter affect the mind. It's also reversed. The mind can affect matter. The Newtonian model of reality is not relevant anymore. And there's this quantum model of reality that we're really stepping into which is called a new paradigm. And we're going to talk about that in this episode. So Nick is going to offer a concise, practical, a really easy to understand approach to law of attraction. And if you want to join the collective and see what he's all about and see what the collective is all about, you can get the first trial month for only $25. The link to the collective is in the show notes. I'd be happy to see you in the collective. I'm sure Nick would also be happy to have you be there in the collective. And let's dive in to today's conversation on power manifesting with Nick Bro. Welcome to the Unlearn Yourself Podcast. This is the place to discover and remember yourself as you unlearn who you have been taught to be. We will explore who your true self is by diving into your inner world and creating the most empowering, aligned, and free relationship with you and your life. So thank you so much for being here and having this conversation with me. I'm really excited to talk to you about 
all things law of attraction and more. Awesome. That's going to be a good long discussion then because there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> there is. So I just want to start with um, what words would you use to describe yourself? Oh, that's interesting. I don't know if anybody's ever asked me that before. And I, by default, I want to go what other pe- with what other people would say. Um, let me go, let me just throw some words out there that stand out. So like chill, allowing, driven. And it's interesting because chill and driven sound like two complete polar opposites, right? Yeah. Um, but maybe it's driven in the strong desire sense, not driven in the jump into action and effort sense. Mm-hmm. Um, always looking at expansion, very curious. So Abraham talks about Jerry and Esther, how, you know, Jerry was always in the question and Esther was never the curious question asking one, which is what allowed her to channel and be in the energy of the solution. And Anik and I are very much uh, kind of the same way where I'm always the one who's like pushing the boundaries with the questions. And she's the one who's like, why are you always asking these questions? Like, just chill. (laughs) Um, So yeah, those are some words, I guess, that would, that would describe me. Uh, What, would you agree with that? I would. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would. I definitely would. Um, I think uh, I like a word that you deeply embody is like, uh, kind of like receivership. I think you're very much in the allowing state a lot and you're like, your vibe is just very like, it's like focused, but it's kind of like chilled out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and very practical too. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, like if I look at my parents, my dad is like super, super chill. Like nothing ever phases him ever. Mm-hmm. And that's totally where I see that I get it from. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, and I really appreciate having that, that characteristic because it's kept, kept me calm and cool and probably more aligned in, in certain circumstances of contrast than most people. Yeah. And I want to get into that because I think it plays a big role of being um, a creator of our reality because my fiance is the same way. He's very calm and cool and like nothing phases him. He's always like, He's always just like, chill. It's like, there's nothing to worry about. It's fine. Yeah. I want to also ask you, what does your alignment practice look like? I don't really have an alignment practice. So, you know, something I talk a lot about is when you observe communities of law of attraction, like Abraham Hicks, most people have to effort their way into alignment, right? They have to do morning practices, focus wheels, positive aspect lists. Alignment itself is almost struggles a bit of a strong word, but a lot of work. Um, And alignment shouldn't be a lot of work. It should be your natural state. And the reason it's a lot of work for most people is because of the emotional baggage that they're carrying that's getting in the way. And for me, having been playing in this world for 10, 15 years and doing clearing work with people for the last, you know, professionally for the last seven, eight years, I've dealt with most, if not, I don't want to say all because I don't think you could ever get it all. Um, there's always going to be something to work through and, and, and work on. But I've dealt with so much of my baggage that alignment is more my natural state mm. um, than you know being an effort and struggle and disalign. So for me, there's not much of a practice necessary. So I would say my practice mm-hmm. is just following flow, following inspiration, getting up and seeing what excites me, and then following that inspirative flow and, and seeing where it leads me. That's a really good answer. What does alignment feel like to you? If you could use words to describe alignment. Because I know you're really big on alignment and you talk a lot about alignment. I would say, how do I best describe the feeling of alignment? You know, when there's something that you really want to do and you're really excited about and passionate about it and like, you know, you're just like in it and you're loving it while you're doing it. Mm -hmm. So like for me, things like that bring up that feeling was like, you know, I used to be a big volleyball player. So when I was on the court playing volleyball, I felt that feeling or um, I love playing poker, playing poker brings up that feeling or, you know, being on stage in front of an audience or sharing and talking and teaching about love attraction in the collective. So doing things that you're really, I would say, excited and passionate about creates that feeling of like being in the zone 
um, that feels really good. And, and I, I would say that's the best way for me to describe alignment. I mean, most people, the, the traditional definition of alignment is feeling happy and joyful and blah, blah, blah. Um, but it's just, just feeling all warm and yummy on the inside. Yeah, I see it. I, for me, it feels like aliveness, but without like a reason. It just, it just is. Yeah, yeah. In, in like in the zone of, of pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to dive into a little bit asking you, like, how did you actually come into this world? Like, how did you start doing what you're doing? As a teacher and a coach, you mean? Mm-hmm. And, so, and like also your introduction to like Abraham law of attraction. Just Yeah. So, I mean, the older I get, the fuzzier I get because it's like, it's been 15 years now. Um, but the way it all really started was kind of a mix of things that all kind of happened at the same time. So what got me studying self-help and spirituality was at one point in my life, probably in the late 2000s, maybe like sometime between 2005 and 2010, um, I started seeing the 11-11 everywheres um, to the point where it was kind of freaking me out. And remember, I was the logical, analytical computer science guy. Um, So at first I brushed it off as just coincidence. Eventually one night I woke up at like 11, 11, 12, 12, 222, 333. And somehow I woke up, but kept my eyes closed. And I like remember saying in my head, oh my God, I'm going to open my eyes. (laughs) You know, they're one of those goddamn number (laughs) patterns. And I did, it was like 555, right? So when that happened, I was like, okay, what the hell is going on? Am I losing my mind? Um, you know, am I, am I going insane? And I started doing some Googling. I realized that in numerology, um, my number in numerology was 11. So you can be a one through a nine or 11, 22 or 33. And I ended up being an 11. So I read up on 11, it said psychic abilities. I was like, oh, that sounds fun. Um, then I found something called remote viewing which is um, the CIA had a program in the late 70s, early 80s called Project Stargate, Mm -hmm. which was their science-based psychic phenomena research. They were trying to use uh, psychic stuff for espionage. Um, I started studying that stuff. I started studying the protocol that they used, which is called remote viewing, which was developed by a guy named Russell Targ, who was the inventor of the laser. So I did that and like... I was really good at it. Like the first session that I did, I like spot on described what the target was. Mm. And the way it works is you're completely blind to the target. So the target could be a picture of an apple on a table. It could be a picture of a volcano. It could be a picture of a body in a dumpster. You have no idea what it is. So what the way it works is you're given just a number that represents that target. Mm-hmm. And then you psychic, psychically tune into what you're sensing from that number. And the first session that I ever did, I literally like described the image like very accurately, like the water, like everything. And to me that was like, okay, there's definitely something here. And then, you know, that just took me on a journey where I just jumped from one thing to another, to another. Um, I did a lot. I did the remote viewing probably for four or five years on private teams in the UK and different places in the world. Um, But eventually as I was studying healing modalities and law of attraction and understanding the physics of how, you know, our vibrational reality really works, I kind of stepped away from that because it kind of felt irrelevant now mm-hmm. and just dove deeper and deeper into, you know, law of attraction and healing modalities and that's that type of thing. Wow. That's a really cool background. Yeah. It's just, I mean, that was just the unfolding, right? Yeah. And, and that's what it took for the rational analytical science guy um, in me to kind of become open to a lot of these concepts, because as Abe says, life experience is the best teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, I can tell stories about synchronicities all night long, but for somebody to really understand and believe in this stuff, you need to experience it for yourself. Mm-hmm. And that was like your open door to it. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what would, what, how would you describe a law of attraction? Because I feel like it's becoming such a buzzword. <laughs> yeah. So I would, if somebody asked me for my definition, I would, I would compare it to gravity, mm-hmm. right? So gravity is a law of physics. You know, what goes up must come down. 
law of gravity takes no exception, right? So, you know, you can't just look at a pen and have a certain pen that gravity doesn't apply to. Gravity applies to everything. Law of attraction is, is a law just like gravity. It's a law of physics where vibrationally what you're putting out, physical reality is going to reflect back to you. It takes no exceptions. It applies to everybody in the same way. Um, science just hasn't proven its existence yet. And, and I don't think it can prove its existence because what gets reflected back to us is based on our perspectives, our focus, the emotions that we're carrying. And there's no machine, that's, there's no device that can measure what's going on in somebody's mind. Yeah, they can measure consciousness. Um, have you heard of the double split experiment? The double split, yeah. The, it's, they talk about it in the quantum physics movie, uh, What the Bleep, I think, mm-hmm. or Robert, yeah. Yeah, it, uh, I remember watching that movie and it was like an eye. And as soon as you tell like your consciousness to observe something, that is what you're going to observe, right? Yeah, so the there's, there's no way to prove that then because it's what you focus on is what you're going to get back, right? Yeah. And I'm not out to prove anything to anybody. Like I put a video up on my YouTube last night or two nights ago. I think it's had like two or two or 3000 views so far and, you know, 60 really positive comments. And then one guy commenting, you know, law of attraction is garbage. You know, it's, it's, it's a false religion, blah, blah, blah. And like, I don't even bother replying to those comments because I'm not out to prove anything to anybody. I'm out to share my experiences, what I've learned through my life experiences, what I now know based on those life experiences and those who um, are looking to learn from them. Awesome. And those who push against it, well, they can push against it, but I'm not going to give them my energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They have to be open. Um, So if you could uh, use another name. For a law of attraction. Yeah. What would be another name for it? Um, I think law of allowing is a better suited name for law of attraction. The misconception with law of attraction is that you need to focus on something so hard that you're going to draw it to you. Mm -hmm. That's not how law of attraction works. It's more of a process of allowing um, where you're allowing your desires to come to you. Mm -hmm. So that would be maybe one possible way to rename it. Yeah. And I know you've mentioned this in the collective is that um, you call it a game of focus. Yeah, it's, it's about focus. It's about fine-tuning. Um, the deeper you get into the law of attraction, the more of a, a minimal fine-tuning that process becomes. So mm-hmm. when you first start learning about it, you know, it's about learning the basics of being happy, you know, and, you know, the more, the deeper you get into it and the more fine-tuning you do, you notice it's more subtle shifts that create the bigger transformations rather than, you know, giant new mindsets of awareness. Mm -hmm. So what would you say are like the mechanisms of, I guess it's a new, it's a whole new paradigm of operating. It's a new, it's a new upgraded version of being here on earth and going through life. So what would you say are like the mechanisms or like the basic components for someone who's new or someone who's just listening to this for the first time, first time, what would you, how would you, I would say my favorite part of all of law of attraction is the mechanism of synchronicity, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's the hard part for people to wrap their head around without having the life experience to validate it, mm-hmm. right? So I've had enough synchronicities in my life to show me that things can unfold in very magical and mysterious ways. Um, but that mechanism of synchronicity doesn't kick in if we're not in that receiving mode and if we're not in alignment and if we're not, um, you know, in the understanding and belief systems that support those mechanisms. Yeah. And we usually call them the synchronicity, like coincidences. And we just kind of shrug it off as, Oh, that was just a one-time thing. But I think when you start to notice the nuances of how often it happens and it happens actually doesn't matter. I don't, I think personally, it doesn't matter if you are aware of law of attraction or not aware of law of attraction. It's happening to us all the freaking time. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, I know, I know this is like a big, big part of law of attraction is vibration, frequency, alignment. Right. And I know, I know myself for a while is confused between what all of that was. Yeah. Could you, could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I've got a free e-course and I've got my new book, uh, Power Manifesting. Um, the, the biggest thing that people take away initially, um, even people who've been studying this stuff for a long time, is 
that there's a difference between alignment and vibration. A lot of people think it's kind of the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, they get the two mixed together. So the very first thing I explain to anybody in this world who's trying to learn law of attraction is that alignment and vibration are not the same thing. What alignment is, is alignment is the connection between you and your inner being. So the more you are in alignment, the stronger your intuition gets, the more synchronicities you're going to experience. Um, and that comes with feeling good. So the happier you feel, the more you're in alignment and the stronger the, that connection with your inner being becomes. Uh, in my first book, I call it like alignments like the wife or joy is the Wi-Fi signal between you and your inner being. So oh, I love the, happier, that. the happier you are, the stronger that signal becomes. So that's alignment. And alignment is not what's responsible for manifestation. What's responsible for manifestation is vibration. So we all have an attraction point. Attraction mm -hmm. point being where you put your focus, what emotions you're carrying, what perspectives you're choosing. That's the vibrational frequency that you are putting out and physical, physical reality is responding with the reality that matches that vibrational frequency. And that's what explains, you know, people don't understand. People think it's just about getting happy, right? Mm -hmm. But that doesn't explain why you can be happy and still be poor or still have a lot of money and be, be miserable. Mm -hmm. And once you understand the difference between alignment and vibration, you understand that I can be a really happy person, but I can still believe that money is not safe mm -hmm. or I don't deserve money. Mm -hmm. And that's what creates the vibrational match to the experience of lack of money, even though I'm a happy person. Right. So our thoughts and our emotions create our vibrational state of being. Yeah. The, the very best way to understand vibration is understanding AM FM radio receivers. Mm -hmm. So FM radio, that receiver is literally receiving a vibrational frequency and that vibrational frequency is audio. Mm -hmm. So it takes the vibration at whatever channel you tune it to and then it translates that into audio. Mm -hmm. And this is how I explain it in the new book. So us as humans, we are also receivers, just like a radio receiver. Mm -hmm. The difference is we're not taking a frequency and translating it into audio. We are taking frequency and we're literally translating it into a physical reality experience that we process through our five senses. Yeah, we're translating it into matter. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing, I love that you put that differentiation because alignment, I personally feel is like you have, for me personally, it was like you have, I had to master my alignment before I could really work on the vibration part. Alignment, alignment is always, always the first step. Abraham Hicks says it. Um, the example I give is a cell phone. So, you know, how useful is your cell phone without its internet connection? Not very right? useful. That's the same thing as a human being without their alignment. Mm -hmm. And the alignment to, so inner being is a part of us that's in non-physical form. And then there's the part of us that's in physical form. And alignment is that connection, is that congruency with that part of ourselves. And I know personally, the days that I'm feeling really happy are the days I'm receiving the most inspired action to take, the, more, the most downloads, the next steps are just showing up. It's like, as if like I've, I have like activated or opened like the floodgates of just like, all this like just wisdom, all this information that I was trying to figure out with my logical mind. Absolutely. I don't do anything if it's not from the, the vibration or the energy of fun and excitement. So like if it, if it doesn't feel fun or exciting to me, I don't do it. And what I tell people is it's either got to feel fun and exciting and you have to do that activity for the pleasure of that activity or you're doing it to bring relief. Mm -hmm. Those are the two key indicators to see whether it's an inspired action or whether you're just doing it out of effort. I heard this. Um, I just talked to somebody last week and she said this on the podcast. She said, most people do to get right. But when you're in that being state, which is you're in total control of your vibration, you're in kind of being to receive. Yeah. And I would take it one step further and into the, what I call the new paradigm. And we can talk about that later. Um, but in the new paradigm, you're so much having fun and so much in pleasure. You don't care about receiving anymore. Mm -hmm. And that puts you into a natural state where everything just starts to show up. Oh, so activating pleasure. I know we've been talking a lot about that on the collective. Um, would you say pleasure and alignment 
pleasure can support our alignment? I, I would say pleasure is congruent to alignment. So mm. uh, we just got off the last Abraham Hicks cruise in the Caribbean and one person in the hot seat, you know, said, what's the key to enlightenment? What's the key to law of attraction mastery? And her response was pleasure. Mm-hmm. And that's literally like, that's an interesting word because I have a very hard time wrapping around what pleasure means or what pleasure looks like. Could you give me no. an example? Don't think about it in terms of what it means and what it looks like, but look at it in terms of how it makes you feel. So mm-hmm. if you're sitting in your chair, pretend that you're drinking a nice cup of coffee or something that really brings pleasure. Notice that when you're in that state of pleasure, it's almost like you can, you're receiving it, right? Mm-hmm. You're allowing something in. You notice that, right? Mm-hmm. There's a sense of inwardness in that when you tune into that feeling of pleasure. That's the receiving mode. That's where you want to be when you want to manifest. That's where you can receive the guidance and the inspirations from your inner being. Mm -hmm. The opposite of pleasure is probably effort and struggle, Mm -hmm. right? And when you're in that vibration or energy of effort and struggle, you know, you're in that resistant energy. And when you're you're closed up, you're putting walls up, you don't want to let anything in, Right. So that in itself is an example or a demonstration of feeling those energies and the impact they're having on you. Yeah, how I see it energetically is um, I think getting into the body is everything because you, your body's always responding to your vibration that you're outputting currently. So yeah. for me, it feels like more like an open or closed. Yeah. And when I'm open, I'm just like, I'm just there. There's not even like a thought in my mind of like, oh, I have to go get this. I have to create this. I have to do this. It's just kind of like I'm here and I'm allowing. Versus when I'm closed, it's very just like, what can I do? I need to figure this out. I didn't make this happen. What's the next logical step? And it's like nothing is really like flowing. Yeah, totally. And that's when you want to take a step back and go, go find your alignment again. So we talked about alignment and that really is the basis of alignment is pleasure, is being happy is feeling good like you say it feel fucking be happy yeah. <laughs> feeling good for the just for this pure joy and the sake of feeling happy satisfaction is another word yeah yeah so then how do we start to take control of our vibration because i know for me there was so much negative emotion i because i have a history of a lot of abuse and trauma so like my yeah. my vibrational set point was like at a dial of like just very low on the emotional spectrum scale that you talk about. Yeah. And so I noticed when I got into uh, like, just understood the law of attraction, I had conceptually, like I had a desire, right? I want X, Y, Z thing, but my emotional state was just so distorted and my vibration was just so low. Yeah. The, the first thing I tell people who are on the quest of like high and consistent happiness, which is what leads to high and consistent alignment is people need to take their power back over circumstances. Mm -hmm. So most people are programmed to be emotionally responsive to circumstance. So what that means is um, my boss gives me a compliment. I feel happy. My coworker steals my chair. I get angry. So we're literally allowing circumstances to dictate our emotional state. And as long as, and that's what most people are doing by default. But as long as you're allowing circumstances to define and dictate your emotional state, then you're never going to be able to have consistent alignment or consistent happiness because you have no control over your physical reality. Mm -hmm. So the first step is taking your power back over circumstance and over your emotions by playing what you mentioned earlier, which is what I call the fuck it happy game, Mm -hmm. which is what you do is you say, you know, fuck it, no matter what those circumstances are. I'm going to stand strong in my power and I'm just going to choose to be happy anyways. Mm-hmm. And it's really guarding our emotional state because our emotional state is like the key, right? Yeah. I, the, the word guarded, I'm not a fan of the word guarded because <laughs> it feels, it makes it sound like there's something trying to attack it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it's more about allowing ourselves to understand that we have better control over our emotional state. That we're in control of our emotional state. Yeah. That we may not be in control of our circumstances because we're not. You talk a lot about that. We're not really, we're not in control of our reality. We create our reality. Correct. Right? Yeah. 
Um, and so having the control over our circumstances allows us to be creators of our reality versus, I don't know, like getting smacked by reality. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's, you know, like with my son, when he was three or four years old and he would have a temper tantrum because I wouldn't give him a cupcake, I would say, okay, Anderson, you know, you can be angry. You're allowed to be angry. It's okay to be angry. But when you're choosing to feel different, I'll be over here playing Lego and you can come join me. Right? Mm. So it's about really understanding that, you know, emotions are a response to a perspective mm-hmm. and we have the control to choose the perspectives we want to choose. Mm-hmm. Now, the tricky part is, you know, in childhood and as we grow up, we pick up a lot of perspectives from other people unconsciously. Um, we default to certain perspectives that don't serve us and we practice them for so long, we don't even recognize that they're there, realize that they're there anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are the things that in, when you do self-help, that you're busy, you know, undoing those knots and, and releasing those things. Becoming um, deliberate choosers yes. versus just default adapting or taking on other people's ideas and perspectives. Um, I know you talk a lot about taking, taking control of our vibration, right? Versus taking control of our reality, like taking control of our circumstance, not we're not in control of our circumstances. Yeah. So, so right now, you know, we've got, you know, a little bit of chaos going on on our planet today with the whole COVID-19 and all these different countries are on lockdown and a lot of people are losing their jobs. And what I've been telling people is, you know, you can't control the circumstances and the way they're playing out right now. So why don't you put your focus on the things that you can control, right? Mm. And those things are the way you feel, where you give your energy to, where you put your focus. So controlling, you know, your attraction point and where you're putting your focus on things that feel good and feel better and are going to be congruent to your alignment rather than pushing against the things that you can't control, which probably isn't going to feel very good and pull you out of alignment. Mm-hmm. And that's the contrast, right? So I know, I know you, you talk a lot about this and I've kind of, I've come to understand that contrast is always in my favor. Like no matter what is going on out there, it's always, always serving me. And it's always, always, I see it as like, it's fine tuning me even more, fine tuning my focus, my fine tuning my attraction point, fine tuning my, my vibration. And it's like, you, you call it a fertilizer. Yes. Right. So how can we start to love the contrast? So the first step is an understanding that everything we experience is happening for us. Mm -hmm. So my belief is that source or our inner beings are infinitely intelligent and they have full control over our entire reality. So If I'm sitting right here, right now in this moment, no matter what this moment is, if I'm experiencing it, then in some way, this is orchestrated by inner being, by source, and it can create anything. So if this is what it's creating for me right here, right now, this has to be the most perfect moment for me, no matter how bad it feels or how perfect it feels. And I see it as like, how I've started to see it is like, this is my inner being letting me know what's in my attraction point, what's in my vibration. So I can become aware of it. Look at the emotions, look at the perspectives, look at the beliefs, dig them up, let them go and come back into the truth. Totally. Um, And this is, this goes along with an experience. My brother is a senior in college right now. I mean, senior in high school, college, and he's going through the application process and he wants to become an actor so he wants to go to these, all these acting schools and he applied to, I think, about 10 schools and he only got to, he only got into two schools that were both in-state schools. Neither of the schools he wanted to go to, there were safe schools. And he had one more school that he needed to hear back from, which was NYU Tisch, which is like the mega of acting schools of acting schools. And Friday he calls me and he says, I didn't get into USC, which is, which is his first choice of school. Logically, it makes sense. I should get to California, get a good, go to a school that's closer to Hollywood. And I remember having this conversation with him on Friday last week. I was like, your inner being has a plan for you. Just let go because 
logically you're like, this isn't working out. My dream's not happening. And he kind of detached and he's really good at this. I've been teaching him this stuff since he was seven years old. He's a lot better because he doesn't have as much gunk that I had to clean out. But, um, so he calls me on Monday and he says, I got into Tish and he's like, I didn't even care. Like I was so detached that I didn't even care at this point. So it was just kind of like, oh, I got a tissue. He just kind of moved on with his day. And like, to me, that was a prime example of like, we may think we know how something needs to happen or something needs to look, but our inner being has a far greater plan than we could possibly conceive of. Yeah, we, we you know, when contrast happens, we ought, <coughs> excuse me, we automatically, or we often, you know, drop into doomsday mode, right? right. Before the story isn't even over yet. Right, so people don't give a chance to to allow things to play out, um, and when you allow them to play out from the right energy and from that that allowingness without pushing against, um, some really magical things have a tendency to happen. I know that Bashar says this is whenever you give everything that happens to you in your life a positive definition or positive experience, meaning you'll just be opening presence your whole life, right? Because totally. every circumstance, everything that is contrast is actually just neutral in in of itself. Right? It's the perspective, the meaning that we give to it is in how we experience it. Absolutely. Um, and I think this is kind of shifting us more into talking about the, the new paradigm, right? So like in a nutshell, what's the old paradigm? I think we're all very well aware of it because most of us are still operating the old paradigm. Yeah, yeah. So old paradigm is what I would call the old way of functioning. So old paradigm is where most of society is still at, where people are relying on action and effort and hard work for accomplishing things. As we shift further and further away from 2012, we're shifting further and further away from what I would call male energy dominant planet to female energy dominant planet. Mm -hmm. And what that means is all of that action and effort and hard work that used to drive success is becoming less and less um, effective. Mm -hmm. And the law of attraction type teachings around alignment and being in the receiving mode and allowing synchronicity to do the work is becoming more and more effective. Mm -hmm. So literally we are trans forming uh we are shifting into this new paradigm where life and success comes in a different way Mm -hmm. and where that applies to law of attraction is the new approach to law of attraction based on my focus and my new book and my opinion is people need to stop chasing after this that or the other thing to feel good that's what most people are trying to do with law of attraction they're chasing the money, they're chasing the relationship, they're chasing the job. So instead of making manifestation the focus, it's about making the new paradigm the focus, making pleasure the focus, enjoying life so much, being in a receptive mode that's so high that literally synchronicities are carrying you forward and life is so pleasurable, you don't care about those manifestations anymore. And once you fall into that state, that's when manifestations really start to show up. Yeah. This reminds me of one thing that I always tell people is that if action is what it was to get the things we wanted in life, then everyone would have what they wanted because there's plenty of people on the planet who are taking all the action in the world. They're not getting anywhere. So there's something missing here and we're not looking at it. And I think it's high time, as you, as you said, we're moving into like the, the age of intuition, the age of like the feminine, that this is really starting to take, take forth because it's not working anymore, right? Yeah, and people through the contrast we're seeing on our planet right now are being pushed into circumstances where you have no control, that there's no action that you can figure out to take to get you where you want to go and you have no other option but to step back and rely on alignment and the mechanism of synchronicity to do the work yeah and like we're kind of really being asked right now to tend to our own vibration our own alignment our own uh stuff that's getting in the way of yeah it's more 
more important than ever. So like, you know, people know that if you want to have a healthy body, you need to eat good foods, eat healthy foods and exercise. Those are probably the top two priorities for people on the aspect of health. Well, people need to start looking at alignment and feeling good from a mental emotional place as being just as important as those things. Literally more than ever, the quality of your life experience is directly proportional to the quality of your alignment and your vibration. Right. And that, and I think our belief systems and our perspectives play such a huge role in that too. Yeah. The biggest role, because that's what defines what your level of alignment is going to be. Um, this also reminds me of something. I know you said this on like a few calls back when you introduced us to the old paradigm and the new paradigm. And you said, we're not doing this for the sake of just getting a new car, a new house, a new relationship, more money. It's like, that's, that's like the old model of law of attraction, like the new model, the new model or like, like the version like 10.0, I like to call it is like, this is a new way of life. This is a new way to live. This is a new way to operate. And this is a new way to kind of step into being like the creator, the leading edge, like being human now. Right. Yeah. Being human in, in a new way. Yeah. Right? And so go ahead. We're going to say, yeah, it's about, literally shifting the way we perceive physical reality away from struggle and effort and hard work and more into ease and allowing and receiving. Right. And then, and then you're not quote unquote doing this work so you can have X, Y, Z thing. You're doing this work because this is how you want to live. This is how you want to feel. This is how you want to be. Yeah. Cause when you're feeling good all the time, you don't care about manifestations anymore because they don't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. The reason people chase those things is because they believe those things are going to make them feel better. But once you feel better, and once you're really dominantly in a state of happiness and pleasure, you don't need the manifestations, you don't care. And then that removes that level of attachment that blocks manifestation in the first place for most people. Mm -hmm. So can you talk about the new paradigm? Yeah, so I I should have had my notes up because I've got some really good slides where I talk about the new paradigm. Let me load them up really quick here. I've seen these, right? Some of them. I did a free webinar last week. You've probably seen most of it. Yeah. I know I've got a couple of stuff on this slide right here. Let me find the right page. Do 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 scrolling. And just for people realistic, if you want, if you want to like learn about this, Nick has something called the collective, which he'll I'll ask him to share it with you later, where you can get access to all of this. Yeah. So here, here's I'm going to read off uh, a couple of slides here. So here I've got a slide that has old paradigm on the left, new paradigm on the right. And I've got this in my new book too. Um, so old paradigm, it says life is hard. Struggle is dominant. I often feel stuck. Effort and hard work pays off. I feel responsible for others. I need to push harder. Fear and worry are the norm. And then under new paradigm, it says ease, flow, magic is the norm. Synchronicity is apparent. I trust in my experience. I am dominantly relaxed. I'm only limited by my beliefs. Joy and satisfaction are dominant. Allowing of all that is and higher consciousness awareness. Mm. in the new paradigm the need or dependency on specific outcomes or desires subsides pleasure is the dominant theme the mechanism of synchronicity becomes the dominant role in your life the polarity of contrast no longer exists and here's five inner perspectives around old versus new paradigm so old paradigm perspective is that you practice a lack mindset there's polarity things either exist or they don't In the new paradigm, you understand that there's total completeness, everything exists, that you contain it all, and physical reality is a projection of your consciousness. And because you contain it all, you can experience it all. Uh, Under old paradigm, fear is dominant, fear-based responses and perspectives. The new paradigm, that becomes love, so love-based responses and perspectives. Old paradigm, there's a lot of resistance, pushing against the unwanted. New paradigm is about acceptance, full allowance, of what is and no pushing against. Old paradigm, there's contrast, so it's non-serving. Contrast is seen as non-serving and you need to solve it. Uh, In the new paradigm, contrast, you appreciate the contrast. Um, You see it as something that's unpreferred, but you acknowledge that it's there for your growth, which is what we talked about earlier. Uh, And then the last point is in the old paradigm, there's attachment, uh, pushing against what isn't. And in the new paradigm, there's non-attachment, complete allowance of what is. Mm, that's really good. <laughs> I love how you laid that out so specifically. 
because I, I can literally now know it's like when I'm in the old paradigm and when I'm in the new paradigm. And this is something my partner and I do often is like, we just call each other out. You're in the old paradigm right now. And we, ha we, ha we have this thing where we're like, okay, what would Nick say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what's the and, new what's the new paradigm approach <laughs> yeah and people need to understand too that it's not like black or white so we're gradually transitioning to new paradigm as we implement and practice a lot of these teachings mm -hmm. um, yesterday Anik did a little bit of channeling and she said you know if new old paradigm is on one end of the stick new paradigm is on the other end then most of the collective is about and when I say collective I mean the power manifesting collective is about 65 70% of the way into the new paradigm. Mm -hmm. And there's also like a, like a process of growth we are all going through from the old paradigm to the new paradigm and it's not like an overnight shift that's going to happen but I see it for me I'm seeing it as more of an integration that's happening. Yeah. And like becoming really observant of when I'm operating in those fear, lack, efforting states, which I, and for me, like the best way I can describe it is, is my energy open or is my energy closed? Yeah. And it's, it's also important to understand that like not everybody is moving towards the new paradigm. You know, it's not an automatic thing. It's about what you're practicing. Mm -hmm. Right. And some people are practicing, you know, extreme levels of fear and angst and worry and focusing on all the negativity well that's going to hold you more in, in the old paradigm mm -hmm. right and then you know focusing on those things i listed off as new paradigm states then that's going to allow you to flow more into the new paradigm so it's not like you know yes people are experiencing contrast that's hopefully going to shift them more into the new paradigm but it's still not like this automatic upgrade that everybody's receiving as a download from, you know, Microsoft, like you do on your computer. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, something that I know that when I, I went through your uh, free e-course that you have, what is it called? Power manifesting e-course. Power manifesting e-course. It's really good. I highly suggest it. Um, and you, when you laid everything out, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so, easy this is so doable this is so much like this all makes sense and I remember thinking to myself like it instantly I knew the thing that was getting in the way for me which is all this resistance I have yeah. right which is all this emotional baggage that I've yeah. picked up in you and I think you said this in one of the calls you said that resistance is just negative emotion yeah, and, and that negative emotion is rooted in a perspective. So either you're thinking a thought that's creating resistance, that's closing you up, um, or you're not. Mm -hmm. And so our job to be better focusers, to be better, to have, um, to be in control of our point of attraction and our vibration and be in alignment is to clear up the resistance we have, right? Yeah, it's to choose perspectives or identify the perspectives we've been practicing because we're practicing a lot of perspectives we don't realize we are mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. and and that's what i said at the beginning of the call where if you want high and consistent alignment it's about looking at the contrast and saying okay what part of me created that mm -hmm. was like you know do i believe that i'm not good enough do i believe that i'm not worthy do i believe that i'm being abandoned and it's about saying, okay, so, oh, I, I've got this underlying perspective that I'm not good enough. So, of course, reality is going to reflect that back to me because reality is the mirror. That's what law of attraction is. Mm -hmm. By saying, okay, I'm going to solve this from the inside. I'm going to work on releasing the perspectives that make me feel and believe like I'm not good enough. And then once you release those things, then your physical reality begins to shift. And this is the clearing work, right? Yeah. And I, I, you gave us a process for that, uh, which I really love doing because it makes everything so clear as to, okay, every negative emotion is anchored from a perspective or belief I have, clear the perspective or belief I have, the negative emotion is no longer there, then I'm, I'm in alignment again. Yeah, the, the mistake most people are making is they're trying to boost the positive emotions to try to suppress the negative. But if you don't eliminate the negative, then you're always going to have to use the positive to, to continually push against that negative. So it's literally like you're trying to hold your cork up at the surface of the water, um, you're much better off dealing with the negative and releasing it once and for all so that your, your cork floats naturally again. So I find that I've done the clearing work multiple times with the process of what must I believe to be true in order to feel this way, which probes you to get to the perspective or belief that you have. And the, I know you, I know you, you know this because I've brought it up so many times that I'm not good enough piece. Right. And yeah. I consciously am aware of it, but you know, it's like, it's still there. And and like, I know that there's real-time emotions, right? 
the anger I feel because I got cut off in traffic versus the, the inner child emotions, right? Yeah. And so would you suggest like just continue to do the clearing work on that as it, oh, totally. so as it feels good to do? Yeah. So you're familiar with the process and I call it the belief tree process. And essentially if an emotion keeps coming back, it's just because there's a branch on that tree that you just haven't recognized or realized or that hasn't come into your awareness yet. So it's just about every time you notice that emotion, just asking that question again, mm-hmm. I feel this way because and seeing what perspective comes up and then working through it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the other thing is, um, sometimes there's just these states of fear that we will all feel and we don't really know exactly why we're feeling that fear. Maybe it's this unsafety. I know for me, it's a, my fear is always rooted in a sense of helplessness or powerlessness that I start to feel. Yeah. Um, and I know I've shared, with, shared this with you on a, a call that you did on, you did on fear, right? And, I, and I've started to see fear as expansion, fear as a greater awareness of myself, fear as a greater alignment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, your inner being, so fear would never come from your inner being because your Mm -hmm. inner being would never make you afraid. Mm -hmm. So I would say fear in some way is triggered by our inner critic, but Mm -hmm. it's, so that in itself is an indication that, you know, it's practiced by a false perspective that we can Mm -hmm. then work through and work through that fear. Yeah, like a misaligned belief. So it's probing you to you have a belief that's out of alignment with how your inner being sees reality, how reality really is. Yes, which is also an opportunity as always for expansion. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Um, one thing I want to ask you is, okay, so we touched on a lot of things, but what could we start to do to start being better creators? This is a funny uh, answer, but stop trying to be a creator and go go seek out pleasure, Mm. right? Because the the sheer act of trying to manifest, the sheer act of trying to create Mm. is acting the vibration of the lack of those things, Mm. right? So the best way to create is have strong desire, you know, and strong clarity of where you want to be but take a step back and just go seek pleasure. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to be constantly like telling yourself, this is what I want because your inner being already knows what you your want. Your inner being knows. I think Abraham Hicks says 17 seconds of focus is all it takes. And your inner being is like, okay, that's what she wants. All right, got it. Now your job is to go take care of your attraction point, your vibration, your alignment, feel good as if that thing is already yours, which it is because it's existing somewhere in non-physical form right now. Yeah. Get into the receiving mode and then follow impulse. That's, I love that you said that because I know, I know you've talked about this and I, in my own experience is when I'm off the topic, as Abraham says, yeah. it just like shows up because I'm not sitting there obsessing about it. Cause the more you obsess about something, the more yeah. you're focused on lack of it. You gave the perfect example on the call earlier with your brother. Yeah. He kind of detached. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I have to ask you about your 10 seat Abraham Hicks experience. Sure. Because I know uh, Nick's been in the Abraham hot seat 10 times now, right? Yeah. And I know when you talk about, you're like, you you don't go from this perspective of like, oh, I hope she chooses me. You're like, no, it's my turn. She's choosing me. Yeah, it's just, it's done. You know, there's no hope. It's, I think my last three hot seats, I was uh, either first or second in the hot seat. Mm -hmm. Right. So for me, it's just, it's like a knowingness. It's like I create a state of knowingness that, yep, she wants me in the hot seat. She loves, she loves the interactions with me. She's going to pick me. There's no doubt there. So what, what would you say was one hot seat experience that you can think of where you, she said something or you understood something that was really helpful. Like what's, what's one takeaway from, from all of those 10 experiences? I know each experience probably is, yeah, and it's funny because I don't even remember most of my hot seat discussions. I don't even remember the one that I had like three weeks ago. <laughs> oh. But the, the biggest awareness shift was probably the one where I talked to her about negative emotions where her take is just focus away from negative emotions. My take is deal with them so that you have much easier alignment um, and you can stop pushing against them. Um, so that discussion was probably the most useful for me because it gave me closure and understanding as to why she tells people to focus away rather than deal with them, Mm -hmm. Um, which I was looking for for a long time because 
my physical reality experience has shown me that dealing with those negative emotions is a much stronger path to success and to high alignment rather than just focusing away on them all the time. So that was probably. Why do you, why does she say to, cause I know she, I've heard her say this is to not look at it and just focus on what you want. Why do she say that? It's because the responses she gives is based on the audience that's sitting in front of her. So when she's talking to a room of a thousand people, most people don't have awareness or access to the belief tree process or to practitioners to help them clear stuff and clearing this stuff on your own is not a simple thing to do typically. Mm -hmm. So telling, and her dominant focus is to be an uplifter as well. So telling a thousand people sitting in a room that you've got emotional baggage, that if you want to be really successful, you need to go deal with that and find a way to deal with that. Mm -hmm. That's not a very uplifting or empowering message for people. So I understand why she tells people to focus away because focusing away is the path of resistance for most people. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. But I know personally for me, clearing it and working with it and getting it out of my energy field is a lot more. I feel like I have room to actually expand more into the joy, the pleasure, the alignment. Absolutely. That's what makes the alignment effortless. I work with clients in over 25 countries and 90% of the work with those clients is that clearing work. And that's why that they have such a huge level of success. Yeah. And I would say majority of my work is the clearing work too, which is fun because it's, And it's funny because I can't do it for myself. It's like I go. No, and you can't because when it's our own stuff where the way I describe it in the new book is when you work on your own stuff, it's like Indiana Jones stuck on quicksand, stuck on (laughs) right? You got to have somebody else who can hold the energy of the solution, come over and throw you a rope. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. I have to ask, can you share a cool manifesting story? I know you've shared multiple in the collective, but maybe one that I haven't heard. Oh man, that's... It's like, I can't even remember what I have or haven't shared. Um, the current manifestation was fun because of its synchronicities. I mean, there's, there's a synchronicities between Anik and I, where we share same names and find out we left our marriages on the same day before we met. Jeez, um, I don't know. You've probably heard most of them yeah. in the collective. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you you stumped me on that because it's like for me like I don't even register synchronicities as much anymore because you know once they become like a habitual thing that you experience enough you kind of just they feel normal so you don't remember them does that mm-hmm. make sense yeah no it totally makes sense because usually this is not this is my life like it, it's not it's not it's not anything out of the ordinary anymore yeah yeah, yeah. um so where can people find you on the internet and talk, talk a little bit about the power manifesting collective. Yeah. So I've got, it started off as a free. uh, So what happened is I had a call with one of my clients and on that call, I said, Oh, you know what? You should, you got a lot of good content you should create a free e-course. And then I got off the call with her and I started to think, you know what? I've got a lot of good content. I should create a free e-course. Um, so I created a free e-course. It was called Power Manifesting. It's since had 15,000 students sign up for it. It's still free. People can find that at nickbro.com slash e-course. And then people were asking for more. At the same time, I had two group coaching pra- programs that also finished at the same time. And I got tired of stopping and starting group coaching programs all the time because then you have to resell it and advertise it and collect the signups. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to create a cheap membership-based program. It'll be 95 bucks a month and people can just come and go as they please. That way I can just run it and you know, I don't have to restart things all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's what became the Power Manifesting Collective. Mm-hmm. And you know, that e-course also became the inspiration for my new book that just launched, which is on Amazon called Power Manifesting. So mm-hmm. everything for me happens in that organic and flowy way. Mm-hmm. Um, but what the Power Manifesting Collective really is, is it's focused on what I call building the vibrational 1%. So it's about mm-hmm. an online community focused on the leading edge of the leading edge, being the most aligned, high vibrational community on the planet and everybody's so loving and so supportive and focused on the new paradigm. We do six live group calls every month. Um, There's a Facebook community. 
the first month it's it's money back guarantee so people can try it out and if they don't like it or if they don't benefit in it um they can cancel but virtually i think there's like an 80 percent retention rate after first month so people are really loving it and they're experiencing a lot out of it so yeah that's the collective and, and i've been in the collective since july of 2019 pretty much since it started then yeah i remember when it was like not that many people and now it's grown so much we've been growing so this month was different because of the whole COVID-19 thing and people losing their jobs and me traveling for three weeks but the two months prior we grew by over 100 members each month Mm -hmm. it's a good place to be in so I'll put the link to um, all of that in the show notes so uh, people can find you at nickbro.com yeah or Facebook or YouTube or Instagram or wherever. Okay. I'll put all, all those links will be in the show notes and the link to the power of manifesting collective will be in the show notes as well. Um, before you go, I want to ask you one final question. What is one piece of wisdom that you have learned in your life that has impacted you the most? I would say, and I first heard this from Bashar, but I think there's different sources. So, and it's probably one of my favorite quotes and it's the definition of wisdom And wisdom is knowing that you don't truly ever know. Mm, That's beautiful. Yeah. That's really good. And I like it because it helps keep me grounded in knowing that nobody ever truly knows, Mm -hmm. right? There's always going to be next levels of expansion and awareness. Mm -hmm. Um, As long as we're having fun and enjoying the ride and, and experiencing pleasure, then things are just going to keep getting better and better and, and we're going to keep learning newer and newer things. Yeah. I always tell myself to have a beginner's mind with everything. Totally. Mm-hmm. All right, Nick, thank you so much for talking to me today. My pleasure. It's been a blast. Mm-hmm.